And uh, in recent times, oh, well, the last two years, he's been walking in very close relationship with Curry Blake. And in a short while, he'll come and tell you the story how Curry is the man who's picked up the mantle of John G. Lake, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Hallelujah. How many have been to a DHT before? Can I see your hands? All right, just for those of you that are not familiar, uh, normally JGLM does not uh, charge, and JGLM did not charge, neither did the pastors charge. So I just want to say this is a culture of the house that uh, when, when we walk in covenant with one another, there are uh, sometimes we choose to just put in our money ahead of time. So that's, that's not a pressure. That's just the way we did it. All right, so... You know, I don't want there to be any kind of weirdness, like we're charging for meetings, okay? If you don't like it, there's the door, all right? So uh, I'm serious. We're not here to play games. I'm, I'm being honest with you, okay? Brother Curry is, you know, I, I don't charge for meetings, neither do the pastors. It's just a registration fee, all right? So just don't worry about it. Is that okay? All right, and so we're going we're gonna to get into the Word. Um, I'm friends with Curry, but I'm not Curry. Are you hearing that? Okay, so don't, don't try to box me in. Just let me be who God made me to be. And uh, we're going to have a good time. Amen? The other thing I wanna, I'd like to say is that we have to have a teachable spirit. Now, that doesn't mean a gullible spirit, does it? The Bereans, uh, the Christians there, they went in the Word and they began to find out what was being said. If it was God, if it was true. So... I expect you to go in the Word of God and to see what I'm, if what I'm saying is true. Hello? Is that, is that okay? Because at the end of the day, we're going to have to settle it with the Word of God. There's going to be things that I'm going to say that are, they're going to contradict what you've learned. And the, the first thing you have to keep in mind is what I said, be teachable. The second thing is, don't let any condemnation come on you. I'm not here to hurt you. Is this okay that I talk this way? Okay. You know, my brothers are here. My sisters are here. They know me. They're not going to bring in someone bad to, you know, to scold you and hurt you, all right? But, we, but the, the fact is this. If, if what we were doing is working, you'd be having your own healing conference. All right? I'd be, I'd be sitting in the pew listening to you. Okay? So that's why we're here, all right? Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't know anything. It means that God wants to upgrade us. And he wants to make us more and more efficient so that these things can begin to flow in our lives. It's God's good pleasure to give us this. Say that with me. It's God's good pleasure. Come on, say it like you believe it. It's God's good pleasure. He wants you to have this. Amen? And it's not going to be mysterious. One of, one of the things we're going to learn is that we all have the same calling. Amen? We all have the same call. Not, there's no such thing as a healing ministry and a prophetic ministry. There's only one ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? The ministry of reconciliation. So when we reconcile men's bodies or people's bodies back to God, that's, that's healing. But we're reconciling them back to God. Amen? When we reconcile their souls back to God, that's called, that's called deliverance. When we reconcile their spirits back to God, that's called salvation. So it goes in many different ways. But it's only one ministry. We're reconciling back the earth back to God. Is that all right? Amen? And so, um, so be teachable. I know you are because you're here. Amen? But sometimes 
Sometimes people want to debate, and it's not that I'm not open to questions, but we want, we want to actually build something. And so I, I've done some DHTs before, and there's a lot of interruptions. Please don't do that. We can, you know, we can always ask questions later, and, and, you know, sometimes you have to go study yourself and find out for yourself what's being said. All right, I'm not a human concordance, so I may quote a scripture, and, you know, you say, where is that at? That's for me to know and you to find out, okay? You have to... You have Google, you have all these online Bible apps. You know, do a word search, okay? So be teachable, but, all, but you know, go in the Word, find out, because you may want to write this down. Boldness comes basically for two reasons, all right? The, the, first, the first reason boldness comes into our lives is because we have a clear conscience with God. Amen? So we need boldness. We talk about Smith Wigglesworth, he was bold. All right, but there's no mantle waiting for you from Smith. Sorry. All right, this is a sacred cow we're going to kill. We're going to have a lot of roasts, a lot of, a lot of cows we're going to grill. All right, Smith Wigglesworth had what's called the Holy Ghost. And you have the same Holy Ghost he had. As long as you don't believe that, you're always going to be waiting to attain something, and it's never going to happen for you. So the first key to boldness is clear conscience. Someone say clear conscience. The second key to boldness is just simply being convinced of what you know. It's being confident in what you know. So you've got to know your stuff. Amen? That's why I'm not going to preach line upon line from the manual because the manual is in my heart. And, these, and the wonderful thing about it is that the things you're going to hear, much of what you're going to hear, was taught over a hundred years ago. So, glory to God. Amen? So the enemy fears this word. Uh, it worked for John G. Lake, so we're not lifting up a man. We're not, you know, it's not about Curry. It's not about John G. Lake. It's not about me. This is about the truth and God equipping his people to walk in this truth. Amen? And so, that's why it's wonderful, because... Um, see here, and I don't know, we're kind of, can we just flow with the Holy Ghost? Is that all right? Okay. See, if you can go to school to learn something, that really isn't a gift, is it? Okay, so the way Lake learned healing is, I'm sure, how many of you have read about his life before? All right, so you, so you realize that many of these people uh, what we would call God's generals today, people that we look up to. See, the problem is we look up to them because we're so beneath what it is to be normal. They're normal. We're the ones that have been robbed by the enemy, and we, sh we should be operating like that. So that's, why, that's why we're here. Amen? So you've got to resolve in your mind that this is not a future thing. This is a now thing. The kingdom is now. Amen? So we're going to talk a lot. This is about healing, okay? But it's not just about healing. This is mostly about the kingdom. What the kingdom of God really is, what it means. Amen? This is about dominion. This is about the new creation. This is what we have to rediscover because basically every problem, most every problem in our lives is because we don't understand what happened at the new birth. And that's quite a statement. Okay, so 
And, and we'll get into that. We'll get into some of that. But here's what I want you to, to see. These men and women that God used mightily, sometimes we have this impression like God sovereignly called them. And how many know we're all called? There are ranks and files in the kingdom, but we're all called. You're called to a different field. You may not be called to be behind the pulpit, but you're, but you're called to do the gospel. You know why? Because you're a believer. And so we, that's why we have to dismantle a lot of these things. And I was telling Pastor Graham and Pastor Brian that a lot of the stuff that I'm going to preach, I can't preach everywhere because if you preach only this, then people will be like cowboys because they don't have government and they're just, you know, they're trying, they're like Rambo trying to just win the, the world. They don't understand church. They don't understand leadership. They don't understand anything along that line. They just say, well, just me and Jesus. You've got to be kidding. It's not just you and Jesus. All right, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm the, I'm the vine and you're the branch. So if you're not, if you're not connected accurately to the body, you're not going to be connected accurately to the head. All right, if you die, you'll go to heaven, but, you know, you'll probably get a plastic crown in heaven. I don't know. It's not going to, you know, it's, it's got to be more than just going to heaven, amen. We're, we're living on the earth. Hallelujah. People are dying. People are, people are going through hell. And uh, I, I'm tired of losing people. Amen. And that's basically what happened to John G. Lake. He went through pain. Uh, he, you know, people in his family were sick. They died. There's, there's, he was just getting wrecked. And a heart cry went out to God for deliverance. And at that, at that moment in time, you know, this is one thing I really love about Curry is he's, he's very much a historian. And I'm not, but I, I, know, I know some things. And he can, he's a lot better at the details, but I have, I have studied, I have read, uh, but I'm not good at the dates and times. But basically, uh, also, Pastor Ray's actually really good. You've studied a lot of this, too, so go, go ask him all the history, history questions. Come on, wave at everybody, brother. All right, hallelujah. I'm set free. Praise God. All right, so <laughs> Lake was, was, you know, a lot of these people, they, were, they got their call because they were tired of getting hammered by the devil. It's not like an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, My son, you shall have a healing ministry. These, these people wanted answers. And so why, why am I saying that? Because that's what, that's what you and I are like. We're here because we want answers. But as long as you separate yourself and you put, and you put them on a pedestal or you think, you think they had some special calling or some special anointing, it's going to be very hard for you to, to make this transition. In fact... In the scripture, there's, no, there's nothing that says anybody in the New Testament has a special anointing. It's not there. We have different functions. We have different graces. You know, we talk about the five-fold ministry. And, you know, there's a five-fold ministry. It's actually a four-fold ministry but it's because it's pastors who are also teachers. All right? There's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors who are also teachers. It's not the split hairs, but that's how it reads in the Greek. Okay, but these are all just basically job descriptions. Someone say job description. It's just a function, amen? And the function is within the church. But when you walk outside those doors, if I, if I, if I walk outside and minister to someone, I'm not an apostle or a prophet. I'm a believer. And that's what, that's what you have to transition in your mind, that we're not doing anything out of our office or out of our anointing. We're even going to talk about what the anointing actually is because that's, that's going to be a big deal all right, for us to just redefine that. But basically, it's as believers. So Lake 
was he was crying out for answers, and in that moment, he, there was a man named John Alexander Dowie, and Lake decided, did you hear that? He decided, he made a choice, that I'm going to go learn divine healing from John Alexander Dowie because he was basically one of the only ones that we know of on the planet at that time that was moving in this. And so he moved to Zion, he sat under Dowie, and this was before Dowie went really really crazy at the end because he, he really, you know, he really got off. And um, have you ever seen the pictures of him? With the, He's got the big cone hat on and he's got the high priestly garments on. And, you know, I looked at that one day. And it, it, I mean, it's kind of comical, isn't it? It's funny, you know. And, uh, but, you know, I started laughing at that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you never know what you are until power flows through you. And I just kind of went, ooh. That's kind of scary. So... That's why this is an important time because I'm going to put weapons in your hands and, um, you know, we have to be careful how we use it. And to walk in the power of God, you're going to probably have to do the opposite of a lot of things you've learned. Okay? And so Lake went and he learned divine healing and then he began to... In fact, he, got, he was getting people healed before... He even had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's basically because he understands dominion. And so that's why I'm saying it's not just going to be about healing. It's going to be understanding dominion. It's understanding that when you got born again, Jesus did a good job. He made you complete. You're not lacking anything. See, it's, it's only in the church today that we're taught that we're lacking. We're not ready. Are you hearing? You are ready. We're, we're going to be more ready. It's just kind of like, you're, how many are saved here? Let me see your hands. Okay, you're saved, but you're being saved. You're sanctified, but you're being sanctified. Do you realize that? That's the, that's the language. So we're, we're not only saved, but we're being saved. Meaning, meaning our spirit man is saved, but our minds are being renewed. We're, grow, we're growing in wisdom. We're growing in revelation. We're growing up into Jesus. And see, that's what this is all about. This is growing up to be like him and such as he is so are we to be in this world so um we're gonna get into some stuff and uh yeah so are we off to a good start are we kind of it will probably be on the last day that i get into some of the mechanics of how this works so if you can just stay with me and let the spirit of god minister to you see i know a lot of times when people come you're wanting to hear, you know, you're waiting for that one magical ingredient, that one key ingredient. And, and let me just say this to you. The, the best way to heal is, what, what's the best method to heal people? Uh, the one you believe in. Okay? That's the best way. Whatever you believe in. That's why I said Smith Wigglesworth, it wasn't an anointing. It was he had faith in a method. That's why he punched people. It wasn't a, a punching anointing. That's why a lot of idiots go out there today they try, you know, they're trying to punch people and it doesn't work because they thought it was an anointing. It's not an anointing. All right, we're going to find this out because the Spirit of God, there's, a, there's an element to the power of God that's mechanical. I know that's hard for some people. But if that was not true, then what do you do with Matthew seven twenty one? Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We heal the sick and perform many miracles in your name. What did Jesus say? 
I don't know you. Depart from me. I never knew you. You're workers of lawlessness. You're workers of iniquity. But the fact was he didn't know them. So if he didn't know them, that means they didn't know him. Is that pretty logical? So if he, and, and that's why <laughs> the, more, the more you get into this, the more simple it is. And it's just going to remove a lot of the barriers from you. See, my, my job is to come here and show you what you already have. And to just, just show you, just get you running on the pathway. It's not possible to cover every single thing in three days. But praise the Lord, you have someone called the Holy Spirit who's your teacher. Amen. And, and we have churches. We have those that we're, that we're you know, connected with. And so after I leave, God's going to continue to speak to you about these things. And he's going to show you. So I just want you to trust in the Lord. Amen. Just rest in him. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. So there is an element of power that's mechanical. And what I mean by that is faith does things. Amen. Whether you are right with God or not, God wants to use you. You say, how is that possible? Because he loves people. And so those guys that that the Lord said, depart from me, I never knew you. So they had no relationship with Jesus. And they still got results. Here we are, most of us are crying out, trying to have intimacy, worshiping, fasting, praying, doing all the stuff that is right, and we have intimacy, yet we have no results. The guys that didn't know him had results. Something's not right. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm telling you, a lot of it is just what we believe. And if we can just help, allow the Holy Spirit to help us see it in the Word, because I know right now I'm not going to a lot of Scripture, but we're going to get in the Scripture, Amen. And we're going to see it in the Word. And then you've got to decide, is the Word true or is what you thought was true? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Let's, let's uh, go to the first, the first aspect I think we should talk about. Um, we probably won't stay real strict to the manual. I'll, I'll re- I will refer to pages to it. Um, but I don't think it's going to do you a service if I just read page by page because you could do that at home. Okay, so let's, uh, I, I am on page 3 if you have it. Otherwise, you can turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Hallelujah. The Word of God is a more sure word. A more sure word. It's a more sure covenant. I started to talk to you about Smith. Just let me finish my thought because I, I don't know if it will come up again. But basically, he, he was sick. Smith Wigglesworth was sick. Before he was serving the Lord, he needed healing. And was it appendicitis or something was wrong with his gall? That, but that was at the end, wasn't it? Or was it before? Appendicitis, yeah, at the beginning. That's right. And so what happened was... Uh, he needed healing. He didn't know how to move in it. And so a young man and a lady came to pray for him. And the young man jumped on top of him and punched him in the stomach and he got healed. So from then on, he had faith in a method, in that particular method. That's why you're going to see that a lot of times what we think is an anointing is actually just what you have confidence in that will work. Some people like to anoint with oil and they get results. It's not the oil. You know, that's why you have all the thieves on TVs. They buy this holy oil from Jerusalem and, you know, you'll come on. I mean, this, is, this can't be true, all right? 
the oil in Jerusalem, the oil in Malaysia, the oil in, you know, Chicago are all the same. It's just oil. So it's not, it's not the oil that heals. It's the Lord that heals. Amen. So Benny, Benny Hinn will throw his coat and people get healed. That doesn't mean that it's a coat-throwing anointing. We're all supposed to get the same kind of jacket and stuff, you know. So, this, so the point is, this is going to operate differently through each person because God made you with a unique personality. Hallelujah. You're not supposed to be a clone. Someone say hallelujah. All right. You know, you know, Pastor Graham may lay hands. Pastor Ross may just, you know, point his finger. You know, I did, I did a David Hogan to someone the other day. I just put, put my finger on their chest and they got healed. They fell over. I mean, it's just, you know, this, there's an element. And we're going to get into this stuff, okay? But this is, this is what it's about. It's about the Spirit of God in you and learning how to release His Spirit to get the job done. Amen? All right. So there's the Smith Wigglesworth anointing. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 and verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness is unto all generations, and you have established the earth, and it abideth. This is the King James Version. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all of your servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should have, been, I should have perished in my affliction. But this is what I want you to notice in verse 89 is forever. The word forever. Say that with me, forever. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So where is it settled? In heaven. Are you living in heaven? No, you're on earth. Hallelujah. That's the problem. I don't mean to embarrass you. Okay. You're on earth. So our job is to settle the word on the earth. Things have taken place in heaven. That's why I say it's about the kingdom, because let thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically, your number one job as a Christian is to go around and see what doesn't look like heaven and fix it. Starting in your own body, starting in your own family, starting in your own life. That's what we're to do. See, we can't, we can't talk about the kingdom of God just being an influence in the marketplace. I believe in the seven mountains. I believe that we're supposed to infiltrate politics and, and, and have influence in the educational world and all these, different, all these different realms of society, family and church. And how many have heard that before? Or that, that is all true. But, you know, the, the thing that Jesus said was if I cast out devils, let's, let's look at it in, in Luke 11. If you want to title this session, we're going to talk about Identifying an Old Testament mentality. Identifying an Old Testament mentality. How many have found that to be true? That's just sometimes the way you think is what's hindering you. And if you just can change the way you think. See, if you think wrong, you'll believe wrong. Right? So God, God is sowing his word. He's sowing his word that's like a seed. And what does he want? Harvest. The devil also sows his word. So really, they, he imitates God. Right? And if he can just get you to disbelieve or believe the wrong thing or believe that, you know, that you're limited in some way, then everything is messed up. And so that's why this, this has to come back to the church. 
is not the only thing. See, Jesus, do you realize this? Jesus never had a healing seminar. He never even preached healing. He never even talked about healing. He did, he did the healing, and that was a demonstration of the kingdom. Of what? The kingdom. So if I, if I start an accounting firm across the street, I say, hallelujah, it's a Christian accounting firm. I've advanced the kingdom. That's like saying you have a Christian car. Praise the Lord, I have a Christian car. I rode in Pastor Graham's muscle car. I was blessed yesterday. Hallelujah. He let it rip, and I was like, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, this is nothing better than this in Australia with Pastor Graham in a muscle car going fast. I said, we're going to cast out devils, heal the sick. I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed. But it's not a Christian car. It's, it's a man of God that's driving the car. Are you hearing that? It's not Christian music. It's not Christian, Christian, you know, it's, that's not, see, we need people in the right places. We need grace to place people. People, people have graces to minister to children, graces to have business. So, but it's not the business that's going to advance the kingdom. It's what we carry that advances, advances the kingdom. So what good is it to have a Christian lawyer and, no, and there, nothing, no one is being set free? So God wants to put people in different places of society so they can start doing these things. Amen? So Jesus never had a teaching on the healing seminar. Amen? He demonstrated it. But that tells you how, how much we've been robbed because the fact that we even have to have this. I mean, think about it. For the first few hundred years of the early church, they never even had a healing line. That's, that's an invention we have. It's not that it's wrong. But they would all get healed through communion. And can you imagine the mindset they had that they were so understanding the complete victory and dominion of the Lord that Jesus had to actually tell them when he instituted the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me. Think about that. Why would he say that to them? Do this in remembrance of me. That means... If they didn't do it, they could tend to forget. So they're moving in so much victory, so much power. He said, don't forget why you have all this power. Don't forget why you have this victory. It's because of the cross. It's because of my sacrifice. But what does the enemy do today? Through religion, he gets everyone to center around the cross. They never go beyond the cross. They don't know the resurrected Christ. They don't, they don't know the Christ that is sitting at the right hand of the Father, that ever liveth to make intercession. That's a life-giving spirit. That's real. That's alive. This is, this is the Jesus we have to know. Amen? And the, so the more we know him and the more we experience what he has bought for us, we have to do that in remembrance of him. Lord, it's because of you all this is flowing. It's because of your blood, because with your stripes we're healed. Amen? Hallelujah. Luke chapter 11. I didn't forget. Hallelujah. Are you getting something so far? I know I'm making a lot of statements, and as time goes on, we're gonna, we'll get into the Word and define some things, and uh, it's going to be good. Let's look at the Word of God. Uh, Luke 11, let me see, verse 14. Actually, let's... Let's just start reading. Let's open. This is this is one of the things that's going to be really important too. Is a lot of times when revelation comes, we bounce from scripture to scripture. But there's also power in just teaching the word of God in context. 
Amen. And that's why a lot of times we miss, we miss out. Let's just start in verse 1. It came about that while he was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. What did he ask him to do? Teach us to? Back up in chapter 10, verse 1. So the disciples asking Jesus to teach us to pray, right? So they didn't know how to pray. Right? Is that what he just said? Read it again. It came about that while he was praying in a certain place, after he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. So John was known for teaching his disciples to pray. Which means up to that point, Jesus had not taught them to pray. Chapter 10, verse 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two and two ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. How many believe God wants to come to your city? How many believe God wants to come to Australia? Before he comes, he's, he, you have to go out. See, we have this idea that God's just going to sovereignly do it. See, most, most people's definition of God's sovereignty, God is sovereign. Amen? But when most people say God is sovereign, they really mean he's fickle. You know the word fickle? Not, not like a pickle, but fickle. All right? That means he, he's, he's moody. He changes his mind. You can't figure him out. Sometimes his will is yes. Sometimes his will is no. Are you hearing that? See, we've been robbed by the enemy, and the, and the thing is, you will fight how you've been trained. If you've not been trained, then, then you're going to fight a certain way, and that's, that's why things will happen. See, there, there are forces that are opposing God's will. You believe that? Isn't that what happened in Daniel? Daniel was there, and then for 21 days... There's this warfare. Then the angel came to Daniel and said, From the first day you set your heart to understand. That's in chapter 10. From the first day I was sent, but I was held up. Now I've come in response to your words because you've humbled yourself. You set your face to the Lord your God. So there are opposing forces. And so even though God is sovereign, he has delegated things. That's just like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a dad now. and I love being a dad. My Sophia is 16 months. She'll be, she'll be 17 months on the 14th. And if, if someone broke into my house and there was a thief in my house, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to say, Lord, you're sovereign. I have, I have what's called a Louisville slugger in my closet. It's an aluminum baseball bat, and I'm going to take it to the guy's head, and I'm going to kill him. You say, oh, but you're a believer. Okay, I'll kill him. If God wants me to raise him later, I'll raise him. I'm serious. You know, we, we, have the, we have this strange thinking, like, with the love of God. If you touch my family, I'm going after you. All right? Now, the same, you would never do that in the natural. Right? You would never think, well, God is sovereign, and he's just going to do it. He's in control. Or he's in control as much as you allow him to control. So God is not in control. So he, he's in control. Okay, he's, there are certain things he has drawn boundaries for that he will not allow to happen. But see, when we, when we have an over, 
an exaggerated understanding or definition of how sovereign he is or how his sovereignty is defined, it, we get crippled because then we don't understand we are the ones that are expected to carry out his will. That's why the opening scripture was, forever your word is settled in heaven, but we are to settle it on the earth. Now, obviously, the only way we can do that is with his help. Amen? We're, we're to be co-laborers with Jesus. We're not doing this on our own. It's not in our own power. It's not, it's not you know, apart from him. But he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord, and we're cooperating with him. Amen? That's why Jesus, you never find that he prayed for anyone. He didn't pray for anyone. But why do we pray for them? I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for people. Because the Bible commands us to pray. But when it comes to healing, Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Deco decree things. Declare things. Command things. And this is going to be one of the things, one of the shifts we have to make in our mind. To understand what God has given us, what he has entrusted us with, and how we're to work with him. Amen? Because when you pray, you're talking to God about the problem. Are you hearing that? You're talking to God about the problem. Jesus didn't say, talk to me about the problem. What did he tell Moses? Moses, why are you talking to me? Lift up your staff. Part the water. That's a scripture. He said, why are you talking to me? Lift up your, lift up your staff. It's kind of like Paul's thorn in the flesh. We're going to get to that too. All right, because it's not, it, there, I, it's hard to believe that doctrine is still out there today. But, you know, the devil, the devil just doesn't have any new tricks. He's just, he just recycles things. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of the false doctrines that we hear are just, they're just new and improved, but recycled versions. Like, like some of the doctrine in Australia, you don't, you don't need church, you just need, you just need a house. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, and that's a church. Well, that's like saying, your kids, if they build a tree house in your backyard, you know, they start living in there, and now that, that's a house. That's a family. You must be crazy. So just two or three Christians, we're a church. Come on. That's, that's why we have to have both sides. We have to have the government, and we have to understand who we are in him, because we're supposed to be an army. You know, you can have a thousand rowboats, or you can have a battleship. Which one do you want? You know, we're going to attack you, and everyone's rowing, rowing, you know. You know, brother, you're behind you, because this is how the church has been for so long. You know, so I believe you're battleship people, and I'm just, I'm just going to show you how to push a few buttons, all right? That's all, that's all this is going to be. Hallelujah. Amen. In Acts chapter 11, believers started a church. So you don't have to have a pastor to start a church. Look it up. It's in there. However, here's the however. Barnabas came down, who was an apostle, and they submitted to that man. So what, so, so you see how... The church has been either we're out there gung-ho and don't want to submit to anyone because we think the church is religious and so we get so turned off. Well, they're all religious and I'm going to do this for God. Or we're on the other side. We're so, we're so concerned about order, we, we never actually step out and do anything. That's why we've got to come back to the Word. Acts 11, the believers started a church, but that, that was the church of Antioch. But then Barnabas came down and he began to give oversight to that Word. Hallelujah. And so, we're, so it's going to flourish. So remember, remember where we're at right now. We're just in Luke 11. Teach us to pray. 
And now we're in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Let's see what happened before they learned how to pray. Verse 2, he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful. Do you believe that? Is the Bible true? Is the, is the word eternal? So whether you've seen growth in your church or not, has nothing to do with the harvest. God has a harvest. Now everything is not about numbers. Someone say amen. However, we're going to have numbers. We don't want a mega church where, where the gospel's not preached and everyone's alone to themselves and they're just doing whatever they want to do and they kick God out for their programs and now, you know, they're just all in the building. It's just like going to uh, AFL, right? That was a great game. I watched that game. I had never seen that before and I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, this is really cool. Really cool. In fact, my wife is always, my wife is Veronica. Her name's Veronica and she wished she could be here and She's from Estonia, and, uh, I, you know, obviously we're, we're living together in Chicago, and I love baseball. And so every time the World Series comes around, she says, why do you Americans call it the World Series? It's just Americans playing baseball. It's not the World Series. So, you know, I said just, okay, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the harvest is plentiful, amen? The laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Okay, the first thing we need to see here is I already mentioned it to you, that Jesus wants to come to the city. He wants to sovereignly come by his spirit, by his presence. But before that happens, there's work that we have to do. Amen? There's work that we have to do. Before he comes, we have to go. Say that. Before he comes, we have to learn to go. And you don't grow until you go. You're, not, you're never going to grow sitting in church. You're, you are equipped in church. But if you don't do what's being said and start to, start to do something out there, you know, it's not the pastor's fault. Someone say, hallelujah. So there's gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to put some pressure on you, but it's going to be a good pressure because you're going to see what you can do. Amen? All right, so that's the first thing. The, se- the second thing is the harvest is plentiful. That means Jesus emphasized the readiness of the harvest, not the readiness of the worker. These guys were, were in no way, shape, or form ready to do what he asked them to do. First of all, they weren't even born again. So you're ahead of the game. Do you realize that they're not saved? They're not born again because Jesus had not been to the cross. He had not shed his blood. Therefore, they're not born again. So he entrusted them with something called delegated authority. Delegated authority is an authority that's connected to an assignment. And once you fulfill that assignment, let's, let's say I give you an assignment or your pastor gives you an assignment, please go and, you know, unlock the church and, you know, turn on the heat. And when I get there, give me the keys. That's your assignment. That's what you have authority to do. Amen? So after you unlock the doors and you turn on the heat and then he, he walks back in, you hand him the keys, your authority ends because it was linked to an assignment that's delegated authority. So you and I, as sons and daughters of God, we don't have delegated authority. We have what's called inherited authority. Say that, inherited authority. That means you belong to the family of God and there are certain things that God has given you permission to do. 
He's given you pre-permission to do it. Say pre-permission. That means ahead of time. He's already commissioned you ahead of time. He's commissioned you ahead of time to do it. So what we're going to read is what you have permission to do. The disciples only had delegated authority. So keep in mind, these guys didn't even know how to pray yet. Doesn't that just blow your mind? So prayer must be for a different purpose than we thought, maybe. All right. Prayer is relationship. Amen? Prayer is about communion. I'm not saying we don't birth things through. There's an element of intercession. That's true. Amen? Sometimes you really encounter warfare, you have to intercede. But you have to be so clear. By the, by the time this is over, you'll be so clear what your authority is, what you have pre-permission to do. Amen? So, so Jesus emphasized the readiness of the harvest, not the readiness of the workers. But what do we tell people constantly? You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. Isn't that, isn't that scary? Now, like I said, this is... I can preach this in front of my brothers and sisters because they have government in the churches. And I wouldn't preach this to people that had no government because they'll kill themselves. You know? So there's guidance involved. But see, God wants an army. He doesn't want a hospital. The church is not supposed to be a hospital. It's supposed to be an army. Who, I mean, how many want to live in a hospital all your life? Hallelujah. Where are you going this Sunday? To the hospital. You know, every, every Sunday you go to the hospital. This is no good. You know, you're supposed to get healed. You're supposed to get well. And then you, you go to work. Amen? So, so, so the readiness of the worker. And then look at, underline in your Bible, or just make a note, the word send. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest. That's where prayer comes in. That's, that's the prayer. That's like me saying, Lord, save, save my friend. In the name of Jesus. Kurrabasha. Save him. Save him. Until I go witness to him and tell him about Jesus and demonstrate the power of God, God can't answer that prayer. So we're told to pray for laborers. Amen? Now the word send there, as you, as you read the word send in other verses of the scripture... A lot of times it's the Greek word apostolos, which is where we get the word apostle. All right? And that that's, has to do with the word send. But here, that is not the word apostolos. This is the same, the word send is the same word that Jesus uses in Mark 16. They that believe in me shall cast out devils. So the word send is actually cast out. So, so, the, so the way it should read is the Lord of the harvest to cast out laborers into his harvest. So the harvest is ready. Ask, beseech the Lord to cast out laborers. Isn't that sad that he had to say that? You know why? Because it's easier to cast out devils than it is Christians. Devils know they have to obey. Believers aren't sure. You know? That's why God's constantly trying to get you to understand what authority is. You know, that's why he put, he gave us leaders over us. Not to, not to control you, 
to teach you a principle, to teach you a discipline, so you can get something done for God in this world. Amen? That's why you've got to start believing that you're the answer to your prayers. I said you're the answer to your own prayers. The answer's on the inside of you. The answer is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say that, in me. Say that with me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So, so please, it's the hope of glory. Hope of, that means heaven has a hope. Not, it's not your hope that one day I hope I go to glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So heaven has a hope. Heaven is hoping. Hope is in the future. Is that true? What is, having, what is heaven hoping for? That you find out who you are. That you find out who's inside you. God knows who you are. And he, he, he's hoping you find out who you are. The devil also knows who you are. He's hoping you don't find out who you are. So he sends lies. So you're actually the only one who doesn't know who you are. Jesus knows who you are. He paid the price. The devil also knows. That's, why, that's what the thorn of the flesh was all about. I've got to stop this man from being exalted because he's preaching the, that everyone in the body has authority. So if, if this gets out, I'm not just going to deal with one son of God. I'm going to deal with many sons of God, and my time in this world is over. So he, so he began to buffet Paul. God was not allowing it to happen. God said, my grace is sufficient. It doesn't mean, well, Paul, you've got so much revelation you know, it's, you, I have to keep you humble. That's rubbish. That's not what the Scripture says. In the book of Peter, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. God wants to exalt you. God wanted to exalt Paul because a city set on a hill cannot be hid. He didn't want to just lift up a man. He wanted to lift up the man who was lifting up his word, lifting up his message. And so that's why you have to understand, as soon as, as soon as you begin to carry God's word, the enemy comes for the word's sake. Amen? He comes for the word's sake. But God, God wants to exalt us. He wants us to increase. He wants us to walk in his power. Amen? And we'll actually look at that scripture later. So the, so the word sent out is cast out. To cast out laborers. That means with force. So God's looking to cast some things out. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So believers are to cast out devils. Apostles have authority to cast out people. Whether into the harvest or out of the church. If you think about it, Paul put them out. All right? But it wasn't permanently, was it? He, it was to be restored. Hallelujah. All right. So let's, let's take a 10-minute break and we'll be back. Amen?